0: So we begin week 43 again just continuing through this chronological look through the gospels and that means that we jump through different gospels we look at the same stories just written in slightly different ways and um, we begin this week 43 at uh, matthew chapter 18 verse 21 to 35 and then we go into john for the remainder of today so matthew chapter 18 verse 21 to 35 and peter came to him and said. Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus said to him, but seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed ten thousand talents was brought before him. Since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this the slave fell face down before him and said, ''Be patient with me and I will pay you everything.'' Then the master of that slave had compassion, released him and forgave the loan. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him one hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him and said, ''Pay what you owe.'' At this his fellow slave fell down and began begging him, ''Be patient with me and I will pay you back.'' But he wasn't willing On the contrary, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other slaves saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And his master got angry and handed him over to the dealers until he could pay everything that was owed. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. And then we read John chapter 7 beginning at verse 1 through to chapter 8 verse 20. After this Jesus travelled in Galilee since he did not want to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of tabernacles was near so his brother said to him leave here and go to Judea so your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he seeking public res- recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus told them, My time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it, that its deeds are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I am not going up to the festival yet because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said these things, he stayed in Galilee. After his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. The Jews were looking for him at the festival and saying, where is he? And there was a lot of discussion about him among the crowds. Some were saying he's a good man. Others were saying, no, on the contrary, he's deceiving the people. Still, nobody was talking publicly about him because they feared the Jews. When the festival was already half over, Jesus went up into the temple complex and began to teach. Then the Jews were amazed and said, How does he know the scriptures since he hasn't been trained? Jesus answered them, My teaching isn't mine, but it is from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he will understand whether the teaching is from God or if I am speaking in my own. The one who speaks for himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Didn't Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you want to kill me? You have a demon, the crowd responded. Who wants to kill you? I did one work and you are all amazed, Jesus answered. Consider this. Moses has given you circumcision, not that it comes from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses won't be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath? Stop judging according to outward appearances, rather judge according to a righteous judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, Isn't this the man they want to kill? Yet look, he's speaking publicly and they're saying nothing to him. Can it be true that the authorities know he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, nobody will know where he is from. As he was teaching in the temple complex, Jesus cried out, You know me and you know where I am from. Yet I have not come on my own, but the one who sent me is true. You don't know him. I know him because I am from him and he sent me. Then they tried to seize him. Yet no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. However, many from the crowd believed in him and said, When the Messiah comes, he won't perform more signs than this man has done, will he? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. So the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple police to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I am only with you for a short time, then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said to one another, Where does he intend to go so we won't find him? He doesn't intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, does he? What is this remark he made? You will look for me, and you will not find me, and where I, I am you cannot come. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been received, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. When some from the crowd heard these words, they said, This really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Messiah, but some said, surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David once lived? So a division occurred among the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the temple police came to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why haven't you brought him? The police answered, no man ever spoke like this. Then the Pharisees responded to them, Are you fooled too? Have any of the rulers believed in him or any of the Pharisees, but this crowd which doesn't know the law is accursed? Nicodemus, the one who came to him previously being one of them, said to them, Our law doesn't judge a man before it hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? You aren't from Galilee too, are you? they replied. Investigate and you will see that no prophet arises from Galilee. So each one went to his house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he went to the temple complex again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the centre. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. And the law, of Moses commanded us to stone such women, so what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, staring with, starting with the older man. Only he was left with the woman in the centre. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? "'No one, Lord,' she answered. "'Neither do I condemn you,' said Jesus. "'Go, and from now on do not sin any more.' "'Then Jesus spoke to them again. "'I am the light of the world. "'Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, "'but will have the light of life.' "'So the Pharisees said to him, "'You are testifying about yourself. "'Your testimony is not valid.' "'Even if I testify about myself,' Jesus replied, "'my testimony is valid.' Because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. And if I do do judge, my judgment is true because I am not alone. But I and the Father who sent me judge together. Even in your law it is written that the witness of two men is valid. I am the one who testifies about myself and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple complex. But no one seized him because his hour had not come. There we end day 295. Day 296 and we continue through this section of John. And then we actually go into Luke and read a number of chapters of Luke and Matthew. We begin at John chapter 8, verse 21, where we left off yesterday. Then he said to them again, I'm going away, you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said again, he won't kill himself, will he, since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. You are from below, he told them. I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I told you that you will die in your sins, For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Who are you? they questioned. Precisely what I have been telling you from the very beginning, Jesus told them. I have many things to say and to judge about you, but the one who sent me is true. And what I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. They did not know he was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do not nothing on my own. But just as the Father taught me, I say these things. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my world, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, I assure you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word is not welcome among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the father, and therefore you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, You would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You're doing what your father does. We weren't born of sexual immorality. They said, we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of liars. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my glory. The one who seeks it also judges. I assure you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death, ever. Then the Jews said, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. You say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death, ever. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Even the prophets died. Who do you pretend to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, you say about him, he is our God. He is the one who glorifies me. You've never known him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day and he saw it and rejoiced. The Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet and you've seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. At that they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. Then we read Luke chapter 9 verse 51 to 56. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead of him and on the way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But they did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? But he turned and rebuked them and went on to another village. And then Matthew chapter 8, verse 19 to 22. A scribe approached him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head lord another of his disciples said first let me go and bury my father but jesus told him follow me and let the dead bury their own dead and then we read Luke chapter 9 verse 57 to chapter 10 verse 24 to finish today as they were traveling on the road someone said to him i will follow you wherever you go jesus told him foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head Then he said to another, Follow me. Lord, he said, First let me go and bury my father. But he told him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others. And he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Now go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't carry a money bag, travelling bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him, but if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't be moving from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We are wiping off as a witness against you even the dust of your town that clings to our feet. Know this for certain, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The Seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing will ever harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, The eyes that see the things you see are blessed. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things you see, yet didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, yet didn't hear them. And there we end, day 296. Day 297 and we continue just looking at Luke and John. And we begin today at Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 42. And then we move into John. Just then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, he told him. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put him in his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. When I come back I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. Then Jesus told him, Go go and do the same. While they were travelling he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Go tell her to give her, a, give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Then read John chapter 9 verse 1 through to chapter 10 verse 42 and that finishes today as he was passing by he saw a man blind from birth his disciples had questioned him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind neither this man nor his parents sinned jesus answered this came about so that god's works might be displayed in him we must do the works of him who sent me while it is day night is coming when no one can work as long as i am in the world i am the light of the world after he said these things he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he left, washed and came back seeing. His neighbours and those who formerly had seen him as a beggar said, Isn't this the man who sat begging? Some said he's the one. No, others were saying, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. Therefore they asked him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, "'The man named Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and told me, "'Go to Siloam and wash.' So when I went and washed, I received my sight. "'Where is he?' they asked. "'I don't know,' he said. "'They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. "'The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. "'So again the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. "'He put mud in my eyes. He told them "'I washed and I can see.' Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. Again they asked the blind man, What do you say about him, since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. They asked him, Is this your son, the one you say was born blind? How then does he now see? We know this is our son and that he was born blind, his parents answered. But we don't know how he now sees and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews, since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him as Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. You're the man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to this Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. You were born entirely in sin, they replied, and why are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that he had been thrown the man out, he found him and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? he asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. I assure you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this illustration, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hard man, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hard man and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. As the father knows me and I know the father, I lay my life down for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why my father loves me, because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down in my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, a division took place among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone demon possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple complex in Solomon's colonnade. Then the Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish, ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand, for the Father and I are one. Again the Jews picked up rocks to stone him. Jesus replied, I have shown you my many good works from the Father. Which of these works are you stoning me for? We aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Isn't it written in your law, I said, are God's? If he called those whom the word of God claim to God's and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say you are blaspheming to the one the Father set apart and sent into the world because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing my Father's works, don't believe me. But if I am doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Then they were trying again to seize him, yet he eluded their grasp. So he departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing earlier, and he remained there. Many came to him and said, John never did a sign, but everything John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. And there we end, day 297. Day 298, and today is completely through the Gospel of Luke. We begin at chapter 11, verse 1, and we finish today in chapter 12, verse 34. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, Even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon came out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, He drives out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And others, as a test, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say, I drive out demons by Beelzebub. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, who is it your sons drive them out by? For this reason they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man fully armed guards his estate, his possessions are secure, but when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it roams through waterless places looking for rest, and not finding rest it then says, I'll go back to my house where I came from, and returning it finds the house swept and put in order, Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, the man's last condition is worse than the first. And he was saying these things. A woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, The woman that bore you and the one who nursed you are blessed. He said, Even more, those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed. As the crowds were increasing, he began saying, This generation is an evil generation. It demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Junah, For just as Junah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and look, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Junah's proclamation, and look, Something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in the cellar or under a basket, but on a lampstand, so that those who come in may see its light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Take care, then, that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no part of it in darkness, the whole body will be full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. As he was speaking, a Pharisee also asked to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. When the Pharisee saw this, he was amazed that he did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools! Didn't he who make, make who made the outside make the inside too, but give to charity what is within, and then everything is clean for you? But woe to you, Pharisees, you give a tenth of mint, rue, and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, you love the front seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, you are like unmarked graves, the people who walk over them don't know it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things you insult us too. Then he said, Woe also to you, experts in the law! You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you! You build monuments to the prophets and your fathers killed them. Therefore you are witnesses that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they kill them and you build their monuments. Because of this the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible. Woe to you, experts in the law, you have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves, and you hindered those who were going in. When he left there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. They were lying in wait for him to trap him in something he said. In these circumstances, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trembling on one another. He began to say to his disciples first, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is a hypocrisy. There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore whatever you have said in the dark will be heard, in the light and whatever you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body, and after that can do nothing more. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight? Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. And I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, Don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you. He then told him, Watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told him a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, What should I do since I don't have any more to score this crops? I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, You have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you much more worth than the birds? Can any of you add a cubit to his height by worrying? If then you're not able to even do a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labour or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was adored as one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and then tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he do for you, you have little faith? Don't keep striving for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And there we end day 298 day 299 and again it's entirely Luke today beginning at chapter 12 verse 35 and then reading through to chapter 14 verse 14 be ready for service and have your lamps lit you must be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks they can open the door for him at once Those slaves the master will find alert when he comes will be blessed. I assure you he will get ready, have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, those slaves are blessed. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Lord, Peter asked, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants, to give them their allotted food at the proper time? That slave whose master finds him working when he comes will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and starts to beat the male and female slaves, and to eat and drink and get drunk, that slave's master will come on a day he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did things deserving of blows will be beaten lightly. Much will be required of everyone who has been given much, and even more will be expected of the one who has been entrusted with more. I came to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already set ablaze, But I do have a baptism to be baptized with, and how it consumes me until it is finished. Do you think that I came here to give peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, right away you say a storm is coming, and so it does. And when the south wind is blowing, you say, it's going to be a scorcher, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why don't you know how to interpret this time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the ruler, make an effort to settle with him in the way. Then he won't drag you before the judge. The judge hand you over to the bailiff, and the bailiff throw you into prison. I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last cent. At that time some people came and reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices, and he responded to them, Do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Or those eighteen that the tar Siloam fell on and killed? Do you think they were more sinful than all the people who live in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit in it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, Listen, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, Sir, leave it this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. Perhaps it will bear fruit next year, but if not, you can cut it down. As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowds, There are six days when work should be done. Therefore come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrites, doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for fourteen years, Shouldn't he, she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all his adversaries were humiliated, but the whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. He said, therefore, What is the kingdom of God like, and what can I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Again he said, What can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until it spread through the entire mixture. He went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Lord, someone asked him, are there few being saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door. Then you will stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up for us. He will answer you, I don't know you or where you're from. Then you will say, We ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know you or where you're from. Get away from me, all you workers of unrighteousness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place where you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God but yourselves thrown out. They will come from east and west, from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. Note this, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. At that time some Pharisees came and told him, Go, get out of here, Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go tell that fox, Look, I am driving out demons and performing healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will complete my work. Yet I must travel today, tomorrow and the next day, because it is not possible for a prophet to perish outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is abandoned to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath, when he went to eat at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, they were watching him closely. There in front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid. In response, Jesus asked the law experts and the Pharisees, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. He took the man, healed him and sent him away. And to them he said, Which one of you whose son or ox falls into a well will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? To this they could find no answer. He told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they would have chosen The best places for themselves when you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet don't recline at the best place because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host the one who invited both of you may come and say to you give your place to this man and then in humiliation you will proceed to take the lowest place but when you are invited go and recline in the lowest place so that when the one who invites you comes he will say to you friend move up higher you will then be honored in the presence of all the other guests For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbours, because they might invite you back and you would be repaid. On the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor, maimed, lame, or blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." And there we end day 299 so day 300 we're in the 300s which means it's slowly getting towards the end we're in the, the countdown almost you can start from 365 and count backwards if you want but we're in the 300s and we begin at today we only read through the book of luke again and we begin at chapter 14 verse 15 and go through to chapter 16 verse 31 When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, The one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God is blessed. Then he told him, A man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet he sent his slave to tell those who were invited, Come, because everything is now ready. But without exception they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm I'm going to try them out. I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I just got married and therefore I'm unable to come. So the slaves came back and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, the master of the house told his slaves, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, maimed, blind and lame. Master, the slave said, "What what you ordered has been done and there's still room. Then the master told the slave, Go out into the highways and lanes, and make them come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will enjoy my banquet. Now great crowds were travelling with him, so he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple." For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to make fun of him, saying this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not say goodbye to all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Now salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty? It isn't fit for the soil or for the manure pile. They throw it out. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has one hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who don't need repentance. Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her woman friends and neighbours together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents he also said a man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the estate i have coming to me so he distributed the assets to them not many days later the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living after he had spent everything a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to work thick pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the carob pods the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hard hands have more than enough food, and here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard hands.' So he got up and went to his father but while the son was still a long way off his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him father I have sinned against heaven and in your sight I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his slaves quick bring out the best robe and put it on him put a ring in his finger and sandals on his feet then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field as he came near the house he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him, but he replied to his father, Look, I've been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughter the fattened calf for him. Son, he said to him, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. So he called the manager in and asked him, ''What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can no longer be my manager.'' Then the manager said to himself, ''What should I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I'm removed from management people will welcome me into their homes.'' So he summoned each one of his master's debtors. How much do you owe my master, he asked the first one. A hundred measures of oil, he said. Take your invoice, he told him, sit down quickly and write fifty. Next he asked another, how much do you owe? A hundred measures of wheat, he said. Take your invoice, he told him, and write eighty. The master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted astutely. For the sons of this age are more astute than the sons of light in dealing with their own people. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of the unrighteous money so that when it fails they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. So if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous money, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? No household slave can be slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't be slaves to God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, were listening to all these things and scoffing at him, and he told them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. The law and the prophets were until John, Since then the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed and everyone is strongly urged to enter it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in the law to drop out. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery. And everyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was left at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things, just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you, so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot. Neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house, because I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And there we end day 300, the first of the 300s. 301 and we continue through Luke but also then read alongside that John. We begin today at chapter chapter Luke chapter 17 of Luke and verse 1. He said to his disciples offences will certainly come but woe to the one they come through. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and comes back to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Which one of you, having a slave of ploughing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat. Instead, will he not tell him, Prepare something for me to eat. Get ready and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you can eat and drink. Does he thank that slave because he did what he was commanded? In the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, you should say, We are good for nothing slaves. We're only, we've are only we only done our duty. Then we read John chapter 11, verse 1 through to verse 54. Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Aren't there twelve hours in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as she heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, so they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. "Where have you put him?" he asked. "Lord," they told him, "come and see." Jesus wept. So the Jews said, "See how he loved him." But some of them said, "Couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying?" Then Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he already stinks. It's been four days. Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and said, What are we going to do since this man does many signs? If we let him continue in this way, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and remove both our place and our nation. One of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You're not considering that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation perish? He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to unite the scattered children of God. So from that day on they plotted to kill him. Therefore Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but departed from there to the countryside near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim, and he stayed there with the disciples. Then we read Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 37 to finish today. While travelling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him, they stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell a face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No one will say, Look here or there, for you see the kingdom of God is among you. Then he told the disciples, The days are coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you won't see it. They will say to you, Look there or look here. Don't follow or run after them. For as the lightning flashes from horizon to horizon and lights up the sky, so of the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People went on eating, drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It will be the same as it was in the days of Lot, People went on eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting and building. But on the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like that on the day of the Son of Man is revealed. On that day a man on the housetop whose belongings are in the house must not come down to get them. Likewise the man who is in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to make his life secure will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night two will be in one bed, one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. Two will be in a field, one will be taken and the other will be left. Where, Lord? they asked him. He said to them, where the corpse is there also the vultures will be gathered. And there we end, day 301 and week 43.